Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Our view of Alberta in this election. Uh, Canadians love to watch what's happening in any province for any kind of size, and certainly political junkies like myself. But I think we all take something away. What are we thinking? What's going on in that province? And how will it send a message to the federal government? And how may it tell us a little bit about the way things are going to go in the future? And boy, Alberta is an incredible test case. And we know the federal conservatives and Pierre Pauly have certainly looking at this so very carefully, belly of the beast for a certain kind of conservatism. And then a place where we all woke up one day and went, wait a minute, the NDP has formed a government in Alberta. And now Rachel Notley wants to do it again. Carrie Tate joining us live this afternoon, reporter with the Globe and Mail and covering this election. Carrie, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. It is. It's got it all, uh, Carrie. It's almost uh, the OJ trial of provincial elections. It has uh, something for everyone that's intriguing. I mean, there's a lot of test cases going on in here. Can the NDP come back? Can Daniel Smith recover from some, I don't know, what do we call them, gaffes or things that brought her headlines she may she may not be happy about. It's It's got a lot. What kind of a feeling do you have as we head towards the vote on Monday? Oh, this really, really is a wild election. Alberta, people brush off Alberta politics as boring. It's always just conservative, but it's been really, really interesting for years now. But this one is a whole different, um, this is a whole different stew. There's everything in this pot. Um, Danielle <laughs> Smith is making, she's making, um, whether you like or dislike either of these women, they have made incredible comebacks um, Danielle, both are on the verge of winning or losing this campaign. When the numbers finally are settled, even whoever wins, it may not show just how tight this race really is. It's going to come down to a handful of ridings in Calgary, down to a couple hundred votes. It's wild. It is. And, you know, when you said the word these two women, I noticed that. I, I didn't really think about it. They are two women. We don't even talk about that anymore. And they're yeah, two. Yeah, it really, really is. It's about who they are, what they think, and they are very, very tough politicians. I see in the in that as we head into the final days, some of the polling is very tight. It's hard to, to form an opinion, Carrie. What are you thinking? Because the pollsters are always tested during these times as well. Oh, absolutely. It's incredibly tight. And I think even the ones that will show, say, somebody could still win this by what looks at the surface to be a notable seat margin. But it's not that won't necessarily reflect how close it is in a lot of the ridings. It won't also reflect how much of a landslide it will be for some in some seats. The rural Alberta is going to go break really hard to the UCP. You're going to see a lot of Edmonton and some of Calgary um, be just landslide NDP seats. It's this middle kind of a whole bunch of seats in Calgary, a few on the edges of Edmonton that are just going to be separated by just a really small number of votes. And so Alberta is going to look very divided between 
rural and urban, which is going to be accurate. But I don't think the final um, tally is also going to show how close things are. Really? Yeah. You know, it, it, it won't be definitive. That's what you're saying. And if it's not definite, it, stuff's hanging around, Carrie. There, that means that nothing's been settled. And that's it, never a good thing. It's going to be tricky for whoever wins to balance because they are going to come out with, um, you know, with missing representation from part of the province. So whether the UCP wins or the NDP wins, they're going to have to govern you know, being very cognizant that while they're in power, um, this was very, 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 very close and that they have to be respectful of those who didn't vote for them because this is going to be very tedious or tenuous, pardon me. It is. Yeah, it is. But it's a test. And, you know, I just saw, I'm sure you saw the comment from the New York Times. We always, as Canadians, go, wow, they're writing about us in America. And they're looking at this election saying the pandemic dragged the province of Alberta in Canada, oil rich, they've got, they paint the whole picture, into the the far right. Is the the conservative party into the far right in Alberta? But is the rest Mm -hmm. of the province going to follow? We know Pierre Polly of the Conservatives, he's uh, come out and uh, rallied for Danielle Smith. They're watching this very carefully. It's a test for a federal plan at the same time. It makes a really, it it does paint an interesting picture. Absolutely, the pandemic moved people who were already on the right. It moved some of those further to the right. But it also brought out um, a lot of people in the middle that were not super comfortable with that. And those are the people that the NDP need to pick up and convince and say, I know you're conservative, but, you know, go with us this one time. As for the federal government, what this means, I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, the liberals of the NDP should start, you know, setting up a giant Western office in downtown Calgary. But it does show that Alberta politics is a lot more complex uh, than Definitely the federal map reflects, um, but even the provincial map. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to become um, that it will vote as hard to the right federally. Would you agree that the pandemic is affecting this vote and this election campaign in Alberta? Oh, absolutely. COVID overshadows this. Um, What brought Danielle to power was um, she is a very effective communicator and a very charming politician. And she connected really, really well with people who were really upset over pandemic restrictions. She tried to shed that after the leadership, after she replaced Jason Kenney. But a lot of that, a lot of the people, her hardcore supporters come from that corner of the party. Now, the um, NDP tried to play the flip side, not saying like we want the hardcore lockdowns, but they tried to say like they're trying to woo the people who were both comfortable with restrictions and at times thought to themselves, well, you know, maybe we could uh, tighten things up even a little bit. And those there are conservatives who are in that camp. Those tend to be the ones in the city. And so while people are not, or, you know, Daniel Smith is trying not to talk about COVID, it's still a current that runs through this election. It's also one that haunts her as well. And, you know, she wins votes mm-hmm. and there are people who may 
stand in that booth and remember some of her comments on it. As well, well. And her comments on it aren't just minor. She um, was very vaccine hesitant. She says that she went to the United States to get the Johnson one shot only after Alberta brought in vaccine passports. And most damaging, um, a video surfaced during the campaign where she compared people who got vaccinated to people falling for the charms of tyrants. And she specifically name-checked Adolf Hitler. So that essentially is saying everyone who is vaccinated, you know, has Nazi sympathizers. Danielle Smith has tried to brush off these old videos as, you know, she calls them grainy old videos. But, you know, some of these we're talking 2022 and 2021. (laughs) They're not exactly ancient history. Carrie, we were just referencing one of the videos that Danielle Smith had had to deal with. And then there was the news conference from the pastor. And and then she had what was being termed a strong or stable debate performance. Has she has she put those things behind her yet, Carrie? Or are we just waiting for Monday to see what happens? Um, It's really interesting. I think she did manage to um, have a stable is a good phrase for that, a stable debate performance. Because earlier that day, the ethics commissioner came out and said, um, (laughs) as premier, she uh, had acted in a way that was a threat to democracy by trying to influence the justice system in any other world. That is it. The race is over. You lose. But um, she is very resilient and her there that reflects a lot of the stability that the UCP has in rural Alberta, but the hesitancy that the NDP faces in Calgary. That's how uh, Danielle Smith is um, still in this. It is. It's very, you know, we look to America, we see the New York Times writing about Alberta, but that's what we've seen with MAGA voters in America. It's a new kind of politics where the base just hangs on and they don't go anywhere. And so the politics keeps swerving there. But the test cases you laid out as you joined us is, you know, politicians. Politics is about addition. You do have to get other people to come over. What is Pierre Polly of watching here, do you think, so very carefully? It's not just about Alberta, whether they win or lose. They're looking at those numbers and who went where deeply. Yeah, I think they're, if I was Pierre Polyev, I wouldn't be that worried, um, even if the NDP win. Um, Alberta does show that it very consistently sends conservatives to Ottawa, but is very comfortable with progressive local politicians and provincial politicians. So that I wouldn't exactly, you know, you're not, I'm not expecting this to translate federally, but it is interesting to see that there are swaths of urban Alberta that are not automatic locks. Um, One of the NDP's, policies in this election was to raise corporate income taxes. And they hadn't communicated that very well. That has, that's probably hurting them in urban Calgary. Mm -hmm. And so part of that, it's difficult to tell if it's communications, if it's the policy, but it is something that um, if you're Pierre Polyev, it's not something now you're sweating bullets thinking, oh my goodness, half, you know, 
the popular vote goes 50-50. This is relative to this election and these two leaders, not necessarily the way the voters will uh, cast ballots come in the next federal election. No, but it's also a test of other things. You know, we know Daniel Smith won the leadership by going going the route, saying the stuff she needed to say. And and people like you and I were talking then going, what's going to happen when they become premier? And you've got to govern for all. And now there's an election campaign. And now all that stuff matters, never mind the forest fire situation. So there was leadership that was involved. And Carrie, is there a sense that can Danielle go back or has she had to move? a little bit in the in the middle here is this is this a test for her because at the same time she's got other pressures she's got to take back alberta saying hey if you start any of that moving to the middle funny business you're out of here absolutely if smith wins um this is not a smooth ride for her. Mm-hmm. This will be a very volatile and very divided UCP caucus, whether they're sitting in government benches or um, or in opposition. Usually, if you win the election, you want, you expect to come out of that united, you're energized, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of people get cabinet positions. This will be volatile for Daniel Smith, and she will have to manage um, competing factions, ones that were not settled in the leadership race um, and who faced tough battles in Calgary um, because of her leadership. So even if she forms government, this, the challenge is not over for her. It will be really rocky, really volatile, and Alberta politics will continue to be explosive. All right. I mentioned Take Back Alberta. You know, they've been threatening. We know that there's a lot of reporting that they're saying at the door, don't worry, we're getting rid of her. Is there any truth to that, do you think? Well, Because we're seeing these... And then, uh, Carrie, I just want to throw in the mix uh, for, for your answer here. You've got other, the, the so-called old-style conservatives like Ken Bosenkuhl coming out going, no, she does not deserve to be the leader. She's taken hits from all sides, and they're, and some of the big ones are from the House, inside the House. Right. It's not the Take Back Alberta faction that's at the door saying, oh, don't worry, we'll get rid of her. They're the ones who will line up with her. It's the more moderates at progressives who are scrapping for their votes, who are saying, you know, we're, we'll, we'll moderate them. We'll moderate Take Back Alberta. Don't worry about it. But the problem with that is, coming out of this, the Take Back Alberta, the candidates who align with Take Back Alberta, there's kind of five, six, seven-ish of them, depends how you count them. Um, so they are going to be in caucus. They're not the ones fighting for their seats right now. Um, so that's where that tension is going yeah. to come from. And then you do have, uh, you know, Ken Bosenkuhl comes from that old school Tory, that Harper uh Mm-hmm. vein of conservatism where he's just looking at this saying, well, this doesn't represent me, but he is one who's chosen not to vote rather than voting for the NDP. So the NDP failed to win over uh, him and those like him. And that's where the struggle comes is they need to win over people like him. Yeah, there's a lot of winning over there, <laughs> and there there aren't a lot of overlaps in, in the messaging. 
it, it's going to be an incredible election. And if Rachel Notley pulls this off, I just have the feeling here, I carry that I would not be surprised. I don't know about you. I would not be surprised whatever happens on Monday. It's true. Uh, for Rachel Notley needs everything to go right on mm-hmm. election day. Danielle Smith needs lots of things to go right, but she can afford for a few things to go wrong. So it does still favor the UCP, but there is a very narrow path for the NDP to make it happen. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.